Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Our good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Thank you. 
Well, that was, uh, you get out of that one quick. Boom, boom. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to the Humble Farmer. I happened to be standing in the kitchen one morning, and I said to my beautiful young trophy wife, Masha, the almost perfect woman, let's fight and argue to see what it's like. What do you suppose she said? I don't have time. and a whole mess of his friends called the Zillionaires. Andy Davis, Billy Drizzlane, Dave Ray, Dave Danks, it says. The Zillionaire big band here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. From time to time I come across a story that will make you laugh, and here's one that came our way on the morning news, if you are ready. At a Senate hearing, the managers of a coal mine in West Virginia said that they did not put profits ahead of safety. <laughs>
Desmond kind of crept away on that one, didn't he? Yeah, snuck right out of a, snuck right out of a. You might have read, you might have read that when a woman wears a, that when a woman wears a leather dress, a man's heart beats quicker, his throat gets dry, he gets weak in the knees, and he begins to think irrationally. <laughs> they say it is because. She smells like a new truck.
Brad Terry from 1996 or so, recorded in Krakow, Poland. That's where they keep Krakow, I guess. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com, and I would love to hear from you. Do you have... Do you have words you like to say because it's fun to have them roll off your tongue? Every time I'd go through Munkadol, because I can't say Munkadol to please my father, he could never, he always sneered when he'd hear me say Munkadol. Every time I'd go through Munkadol, I'd stop by the Snicker Fabric and have my picture taken. Because in 1960, I thought Munkadol's Snicker Fabric was a funny word. Kugelschreiber is a fun word that impressed me when I took a night course in German in 1963. Thank goodness for the cough button. I also like Slobberbrook and Volkenkrabbers. And then there are some fun sentences to say like What words do you think are fun to say? Thank you. 
<laughs> quite, a, quite an interesting thing, wasn't it? Sounded like Ron Carter there, didn't it? Who else could do what he was doing? Bam, 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 bam. Desmond, of course. Jim Hall. Was that Chet Baker there too? My word. What a, what a nice little thing that was. Is it time? Yes, almost time to remind you that you're listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. With any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you, and you don't need to feel bad for me, but because I don't have any grandchildren and not being able to create exotic plates of food and not having a motorcycle, yes, there is nothing left for me to paste on Facebook but pictures of my rhubarb patch. It is my understanding that there is some talk going on behind my back that some of my friends are getting tired of looking at pictures of rhubarb, if you can imagine such a thing. Do you have any suggestions as to how I might pep up my Facebook page without going to Paris for pictures of the Eiffel Tower? I am, of course, the humble farmer at gmail.com, and I would love to hear from you. I long for that moon country 
that's where I should be, cause that old moon country is home to me. Probably Bix blowing in the background there. Who knows? Years and years ago, some of my friends refused to take my rhubarb unless they paid me for it. I'd say, take it. No, I've got to give you something up. Anyway, I finally gave up. I got a chrome-plated farm stand down at the dump, and I put my rhubarb on it with a little can that said $2 a bunch, and this made my friends happy. A bunch is about two pounds. Then... A year or two ago, my cousin Elliot asked if he could put eggs out on my front lawn. He's got 30 or so chickens, and he enjoys chickens. But he can't eat three dozen eggs every day, so he figured if he could get enough to pay for his grain by selling an egg or two on my lawn, it would be a good thing. This year, my wife Marsha destroyed the sign I made. The sign I had out there said, Egg, E-G-G. I figured any more than that would be presumptuous. And although Marsha added an S, making it sign, making the sign say eggs, she forgot the apostrophe, so it does not say E-G-G apostrophe S. But this spring, Elliot's cousin Jane, who must be 85 now if she's a day, and has hundreds of these daffodil flowers growing all over her property, well... Jane asked me if she could sell flowers on my front lawn, too. She thought people might like some flowers. If you want to give flowers to an old sick person, there's no charge for these flowers. Just take them. So every day, I go down to Jane's. I get a green bag full of flowers, and I put them out on the lawn. I think they're called daffodils. My lawn is an excellent place to sell stuff because there's a wide driveway. So you can get off the road. There's no danger when you stop. And you can see my house in the stand for almost half a mile in both directions. Not on a conus, nothing dangerous about stopping there. Should you ask me if you could sell refurbished bicycles or used clothing from my front lawn, however, please do not be upset if I turn you down. It has not escaped my attention that a man named Sam Walton started out with a similar small operation. And right now, I don't like where mine is going.
here. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. Have you ever looked up something online, read several pages, and still not know any more than you did when you started? Well, you're not alone. I wondered if my rhubarb plants could get too much water. I know my rhubarb plants fail in early June if not irrigated daily. I used to take a hose and squirt it on them. My new trickle hose, however, my new trickle hose enclosed in pipes between the plants should do the job with a lot less water and less watering of the nearby grass and weeds. But then I wondered, is it possible to water these rhubarb plants too much? I don't want to rot the roots out. Here's what I read when I looked it up online. Watering. How often to irrigate rhubarb depends on soil type, sun exposure, and outdoor temperatures. Which tells us nothing. Then, hear this. Reduce irrigation frequency to once every one to two weeks after year three, especially when mulch is applied around the plant. Irrigate so that water penetrates the soil 12 to 18 inches deep. <laughs> Are you going to dig a hole 18 inches deep to see if there's any water down there? Additional water may be needed during harvest in dry years. Of course, that still doesn't tell us much either, so I guess I'll have to play it by ear. You know, you know it really doesn't pay to know too much. I studied blueberry management for years, and I asked a lot of experts how to raise blueberries. When I came to this farm in 1970, the place was covered with blueberries. But when I started to take care of them, they all died. Mm-hmm. 
Zoot Sims Easy Living. And you know how you get thinking about something? I'm playing Ron Carter here with Paul Desmond. I was thinking, that the, I was listening to Ron Carter playing bass, and I said, it's funny how he's changed his style. He's putting it right exactly on the beat now. Boom, 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 boom. And then all of a sudden, the bass player repeated himself. And it kind of snapped me, and I said, he repeated himself. It wasn't until then I realized... Well, that's not Ron Carter. He he wouldn't repeat himself, of course. <laughs> Thinking in outside of the box. Long-time radio friend Peg says, When someone fails to return a call from me, I assume they're dead. 
Did you hear that? Being aware of the many potholes in the road on the way to glory, I am aware that email and telephone messages get lost. If you don't hear back from me, if you don't hear back from friends, it does not mean that they are dead. Even hard copy mail can be lost, as is evinced by a thing that used to be called the dead letter office. Didn't Bartleby work in the dead letter office? You remember reading about Bartleby. Anyway, so I give people the benefit of the doubt. Perhaps their machine was down that day. Perhaps their kid messed with the machine and lost your message. The girl at the stomach doctor office told me just last week that she did not get my PA's call requesting an appointment. Her machine was not working for two days. So, when Peg says, When someone fails to return a call from me, I assume they're dead. Remember, there are other more pleasant and much more feasible options. Perhaps they hate your guts? to raise the third when you play some songs? Have you heard of the free cell phones that George W. Bush was good enough to give to old people? They've been out years and years now. My wife Marcia found out about these free cell phones for old people when she went to buy more minutes for her thing she calls a track phone. The man at the store said he could do even better than sell her minutes for her track phone. He'd give her a free phone. Well, 
the other day, Marsha's free cell phone went off while we were out in the kitchen holding hands with a sink. The phone was playing some kind of Rudy Toot music I'd never heard before. Marsha finally figured out that it was her cell phone, so I went over to the desk there and looked at it, and this phone was all lit up and jumping right up and down on her desk where she keeps it plugged in there. Now, we still don't know who called because I haven't had time to go online and learn how to answer the thing. I would like to ask you, why do they make these new telephones so complicated? Back when I was a boy, when the phone rang, you simply picked it up and said, Who is it? Thank you. 